Hey, this is Steve with Life Worth Living Church. I'm glad you could join our podcast today. I'm going to be talking about what made Gideon a strong person. It's actually the fourth part of a, a four-part series that I've been uh, giving at our church. Uh, it has really, really helped me um, learning what made Gideon strong and applying those same principles to my life. So I hope it blesses you and helps you. And uh, stay on at the end because I want to give you something real quick before you sign off. God bless you. This is the fourth part of a series that we've been studying on Gideon. Um, Gideon was, uh, his story is found in Judges 6, Judges 7, and Judges 8. And I'm not going to rehash everything uh, that we talked about uh, in, the, in the last couple of Sundays. Um, so you can go back, by the way, and those are all recorded on our website, lifeworthlivingchurch.org. And you can pull up part one, part two, and part three of how Gideon became a, a, a strong person. And then, this, and then uh, after the service this morning, fairly shortly after the service, we'll have this one uploaded as well. And you can listen to it. You can forward it to somebody if you think they need to learn how to be a little bit stronger in their lives and find that inner strength. So um, just just as an FYI, that's out there. But let's look at, at Judges 7. And I'm telling you, I as I was studying this, I almost jumped out of my skin. It was so good. Um, powerful, encouraging, inspiring. But I'm going to start reading in Judges 7, verse 1. And again, I'm not going to rehash the whole story of Gideon. We're right in the middle of it, but here goes. Early in the morning, Jerob Baal, that was Gideon's name that was given to him, and you'd have to read to chapter 6 to know why he was called that. Um, but all his men gathered at the spring of Herod. All right, They were going to come against this Midianite uh, tr- tribe that had been giving them fits for almost seven years, and they were going to go make war against them. And so the camp of Midian, that's the enemies, okay, they were north of them in the valley near the hill of Morah. Verse 2, the Lord said to Gideon, you have too many men. See, Gideon had over 30,000 men that he had mobilized to go go fight against the, the Midianites. And God tells him a very strange thing. He says, you have too many men. I cannot deliver Midian into their hands. And I'm going to pause there. I know the sentence continues. But I want to pause there and just, I want you to think about that. If you are confident in your abilities, if you're confident in your looks, if you're confident in your money, if you're confident in your career, this is what God tells you. I can't deliver you from your enemy. I can't do it. Does that mean that God can't literally do it? No. He says, I can't do it because you're already doing it by yourself. You don't need me. But the Bible says <laughs> that God wants to be the, our deliverer. He wants to be our savior. He wants to be the one who, who does the trick for us. He's the one that does the miracle for us, not us. So let me read this full sentence. You have too many men. I cannot deliver Midian into their hands, or Israel would boast against me. My own strength has saved me. Now remember, for the last several weeks, we've been talking about how to become a stronger person. And throughout that, this this same, same theme has come up over and over again. 
If you're strong in yourself, you can't have God's strength. If you're weak in yourself, then you can begin to have God's strength. You start looking to him. So here's the first point that I'd like to make. God's strength comes to you when there isn't enough of you. (laughs) God's strength comes to you when there's not enough of you. So whenever you're studying for a test, if you're a student, and you're worried that you don't have enough intelligence or enough memory to get a good test uh, test score or a good grade, that's when God comes in. When you're at work and you're about to do something you've never done before, say a pre- presentation or, or try to do something that's out of your comfort zone, that's when God's strength comes in. Whenever you're laying there on the hospital bed and the, the doctor's giving you bad news, that's when God's strength comes in. Those are the times when God's strength comes in. So um, I'll give you some incredible examples from the Bible. Um, Only when there was two fish and four loaves were the uh, 5,000 men plus women and children fed. It was only when there wasn't enough that everybody was fed. Here's another example. Only when there was a life-threatening storm did Peter walk on the water. That's when it happens. It's whenever you don't have, you, you, there's not enough of you. There's not enough of you to answer you know, the problems that are facing you or to pay the bills. That's when God's power comes in. It was only when there was a famine that the widow's flour and oil didn't run out. It was only when Paul was shipwrecked um, that he was saved from a poisonous snake bite. It's whenever there's, there's not enough of you, and that's so encouraging because we, <laughs> we should and can come to the end of ourselves fairly quickly, and we should let that happen fast so that God's power can flood us quickly as well. Look at the scripture in 2 Corinthians 12, 9. But he said to me, this was the apostle Paul, my grace is sufficient for you, listen to this, for my power is made perfect in weakness. That's when the strength of God comes, is when we're weak. Therefore, Paul says, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness, so that Christ's power may rest on me. And as I'm reading this, I'm thinking about our teachers who tomorrow morning are going to be teaching in a way they've never, maybe never taught before, online, uh, with students out there that they can't Uh, you know, measure if the student's listening, if they're capturing it or not. But those teachers in their weakness tomorrow morning, God's strength is going to flood you. He's going to, his strength is going to empower you. And you're going to be able to do things that you never dreamed you could do. Why? Because you're in a moment of weakness. And that happens with our healthcare professionals. As you walk into that room of that patient that you don't know if they're infected or not, or maybe you're taking them into the ER and and you're at risk, that's when God's strength is most powerful. Praise God. So here's what I would tell you is hurry up and get to the end of yourself quickly so God's strength can come rushing in. So rich, man, we could stop there, but there's so much more to this story that I wanna share with you of how to become a stronger person. So verse three of Judges seven, it says, now announce to the army, so this is God speaking to Gideon, let's rewind and make sure we remember. 
Now announce to the army, anyone who trembles with fear may turn back and leave Mount Gilead. That's where they were meeting. So remember, God's saying, all right, we're going we're gonna to take your numbers down. So first of all, the first test here is whoever's scared, tell them they can leave. Guess what? 22,000 men left while 10,000 remained. And I'm sure Gideon was thinking, this is insane. This is out of control. Everything that I was banking on, all these people that showed up in support and rallied around me, over half of them, in fact, two-thirds of them have left. But the Lord said to Gideon, there's still too many men. (laughs) Take them down to the water, and there, listen to these words, I will thin them out for you. Have you ever felt like your money was getting thinned out or your health was getting thinned out or your, uh, your popularity was getting thinned out? Who knows? We've, we've all gone through a thinning out process. It continues, if I say, this one shall go with you, he shall go. But if I say, this one shall not go with you, he shall not go. So Gideon took the men down to the water. There the Lord told him, separate those who lap the dog, <laughs> lap the dog, lap the water with their tongues as a dog laps from those who kneel down to drink. So 300 men drank with cupped hands. So picture this, they knelt down maybe on one knee, they reached down uh, with their hands, they, they took up some water in, in both hands as you would a cup, and they drank it from their hands. The rest of them, though, got down on their knees and drank, uh, somewhat as an animal, if you would. Uh, The Lord, in verse 7, the Lord says to Gideon, With the 300 men that drank lapping the water, I will save you. Now, I want you to pause. If you're you're reading this, and you're looking at this yourself, which which hopefully most of us are, I'm going to read this statement again. With the 300 men that lapped, I will will save you. I will save you. It took God getting rid of almost 32,000 men for God to be positioned to be able to save Gideon. And if you think of all the things that may have you've lost, taken away from you, God's just, he's, he's positioning you to save you. He's positioning you to show you his strength and his power. But it continues. And give the Midianites, so I'm going to save you, and give the Midianites into your hands, Um, Let all the others go home. So Gideon sent the rest of the Israelites home, but kept the 300 who took over the possessions and the trumpets from the others. All right, so just as a side note, um, if God is thinning out your, your resources, get ready to receive strength. Get ready. If, you're, if you've had something taken away from you, be on the lookout. Look, watch, wait, expect God's strength, his resources to come flooding in because then you're going to know it was God that did it and it wasn't you. But what we need to do is we need to take inventory and first acknowledge what we're missing. A lot of times um, through pride, through trying to ignore the pain that we're facing, um, we don't even we don't even want to be realistic about what we're missing. If you're missing money, write it down. If you're missing friendship, write it down. If you're if you're missing that soulmate, write that down. Write it down what you're missing, and now start looking to God for strength. But additionally, I want to mention this. This is probably the more important point that I'd like to make. 
If you want to be strong, surround yourself with God's committed core of people. Surround yourself with God's committed core of people. I'm sure as 22,000, actually almost 32,000 men were walking away from Gideon, Gideon looked back and all of a sudden he saw who was faithful. He saw who was committed. He saw who was real. And, and those were the people that he surrounded himself with. Look at who Gideon dismissed. He dismissed those who were fearful. And I want to tell you, you can't be strong if you're surrounded by a bunch of people who are driven by their own fears and insecurities. You can't be strong. You got to dismiss those people. You got to get them out of your life. And sometimes it's, you know, it's somebody that's really close to you. It might be a family member. You can't kick them out of the house. You know, it might be a friend. But, but generally, you need to make sure that you're surrounding by yourself with fearless, courageous, God-fearing uh, confident, God-confident people, all right? Here's the other people that Gideon dismissed, though. He dismissed those who didn't have a spirit of nobility. They didn't have a spirit of nobility. Now, we can picture visually, who would you rather hang out with? Somebody who gets down on their feet, hands and knees, sticks their face in the water and drinks, or someone who nobly kneels down on one knee cups the water and looks somewhat human. <laughs> well, the, 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 the visual uh, that we see from that has spiritual implications. We need to surround ourselves with sons and daughters of the Most High God. It, those who know who's their identity, what their identity or what identity they have in Christ. People who know they're a son or daughter of Jesus. In 1 Peter 2.9, look at this. But you are a chosen people. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. And let me tell you what, first and foremost, we need to realize that about ourselves, but then we need to look around and look for other people that realize it about themselves as well and begin to hang out with those people, begin to live our lives with those types of people. Why is this? That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Praise God. We need to bind together uh, men and women, Christian men and women, uh, not hypocrites, okay, not people who are fakes, not people who go to church uh, and, and act one way at church and then act a different way. I'm not talking about those quote-unquote Christians. I'm talking about real Christians, men and women who have chosen to follow Jesus. Yes, they have their mistakes, their short, shortcomings, but generally they're following after the Lord. So I tell you what, surround yourself with faithful, committed, dedicated Christians who will strengthen you. Let me give you some biblical examples. Well, we know that Gideon surrounded himself with 300 faithful men. Jesus surrounded himself with his 12 disciples. David had his mighty men, started off with a couple of hundred, then went up to 400, and I think ended up around 600. 600 mighty men, valiant men, that surrounded David, and that was his core. Those men ended up taking uh, high positions when he became king. Those men became his mighty men, valiant warriors, administrators, powerful men. Then there was Moses, who had 70 elders. And I love the story of Moses taking Joshua and the 70 elders, and they were going up Mount Sinai. 
And there, uh, little, little did Moses know, but he was going to receive the Ten Commandments. And so he put a perimeter around the, the, the mountain, and God told the Israelites, if you cross this, this perimeter, this boundary, you're going to die. But the 70 elders who were close to Moses came with Moses. They went up partway of the mountain, stopped at some point along the way, and then Moses and Joshua went on up, and at some point Joshua must have stopped, and then Moses went all the way to the top and had just an unbelievable interaction with the Lord. But those 70 elders, the Bible tells us, they saw the feet of God. I tell you what, surround yourself with men and women who are committed, who are willing to go the distance to see the Lord. Then there was Elijah. This is an interesting story. Here Elijah, he gets really, really discouraged um, because uh, Jezebel is trying to take his life, and so he flees, and I won't go through the whole story, but he flees, and he goes, in fact, I believe it's to Mount Sinai as well, and there he comes into, into, into contact with God. We all need encounters with God. And God, uh, Elijah says to God, I'm the only one. I'm the only one, and they're trying to kill me too. And what Elijah had done, he had stopped surrounding him with a faithful few. He was out there. He was isolated. He was by himself. That's why it's so important for us to get into a church so we're not isolated. But he said, I'm the only one, and God said, you know what? That's not true. I have reserved for myself 7,000 people who have not bowed their knee to Baal. So, we need to surround ourselves with those committed, with those faithful few. Praise God. Well, let's read on. In, in uh, Judges 7, it says, Now the camp of Midian lay below him. I'm sorry, I'm not keeping up with my screen here. I don't believe. Oh, yeah, I'm doing okay. I'm doing all right. All right. It says, Now the camp of Midian lay below him, in the valley, below him. Get that. Your enemy is below you. But let's read on. During the night, the Lord said to Gideon, get up. Can you imagine? Have you ever been woken up in the middle of the night by the Lord and said to pray? Get up. Pray. Get up. Read your Bible. Get up. Seek me. I have something to show you. He said, get up. Go down against the camp because I'm going to give it into your hand. So check this out. The Midianites lay below him in a valley, and God said, get up against the camp and go down. <laughs> I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give it to you. Um, when you start approaching your difficulties with God's strength, you immediately have a supreme advantage. Immediately you have a supreme advantage. And, and old and even uh, contemporary military tactics, whoever has the higher ground usually has the advantage. Not usually, almost always has the, the advantage because they can see. When you start having and allowing God's strength to flood you, instead of feeling sorry for yourself and focusing on what you don't have and what was taken away from you and I can't do this and I can't do that, and you start saying, you know what, I have God's strength now. As soon as you have that, you have the higher ground over your enemy and you have the supreme advantage and you need to realize that. God and you are a majority against anyone and anything. You and God, it's all it takes. That's all that's needed. You're a majority against your enemy. Verse 10, if 
Um, if you were afraid, God tells Gideon this, if you were afraid to attack, go down to the camp with your servant Pura. Remember that. Go down with your servant. Don't go down by yourself. Take your servant with you. And listen to what they are saying. Afterward, you will be encouraged to attack the camp. So Gideon and Pura, his servant, went down to the outpost of the camp. Let me tell you what. When you start walking in God's power, when you start walking in God's power, you're going to notice a select few people that stick really, really close to you. They stick really close to you. Wherever you go, they go. They always seem to be around you, close to you, asking you questions, interested in the things of God, and they want to know more from you. And I'm telling you, take them with you wherever you go. Don't do ministry alone. Take that person that's interested and, see, and have them be inspired by your strength and the power of God inside of you. Jesus had not only his 12 disciples, but he had the inner three. Everywhere Jesus went, these three were with him. He couldn't walk one direction without tripping over either Peter, James, or John. He'd do a miracle and they'd be hovering over his shoulder watching what he did. He took them up to the Mount of Transfiguration. He taught them specifically. They sat closest to him at the Last Supper. Jonathan had his armor bearer. And if you remember that story, Jonathan said, I'm going to go show myself to these Philistines and see what they do. And his armor bearer said, I'm with you, heart and soul. I'll tell you what, you have somebody that's watching you that's wanting to be inspired by your strength. Moses had Joshua. And that's a cool story as well. Moses would go out to the tent of meeting. All the Israelites would st sit at the, stand at the, at the front of their tents as Moses walked by. He would go to the tent of meeting. The cloud, which was the presence of God, would come down on the tent, and Moses would talk to God as a man talks to his friend. That's just unbelievable. But the, if you read that scripture closely enough, when Moses left, the scripture says Joshua stayed at the tent. Mm. That means Joshua heard Moses and God talking. That's incredible. Moses made sure that Joshua heard his conversations with the Lord. That's powerful. Naomi had Ruth. David had Abishai. Boy, there's another story. David and Abishai, oh my goodness. David um, was running away from King Saul and King Saul was camping out close to where David was, was hiding. And David turns to his men and says, who will go with me down to Saul? They're in the middle of the night. And the first one to respond was Abishai. I tell you what, we all have somebody who's watching us and wants to be inspired by us. And it's time for us to recognize who those people are and don't hoard all God's strength for yourself let it rub off on other people. Elijah had Elisha. I could go into that story. That's amazing. Paul had Timothy. You might be overlooking who tends to tag along with you. It could be your young child. It could be an elderly neighbor. It could be a, neg a neglected teenager. But I'm telling you, take this person along with you on your spiritual journey. Remember... You're not the only one to be strengthened. It's also those who are closely following you. Powerful stuff. Let me read on. 
verse 12 of Judges 7. The Midianites and the Amalekites and all the other eastern people, peoples had settled into the valley, thick as locusts. Their camels could no more, more be counted than the sands on the seashore. And that could be the bills on your desk. You can't even count them all. Gideon arrived just as a, a man was telling a friend his dream. So here's, here's Gideon and his servant. They're listening in to the Midianites talking, okay? A couple of Midianites talking in the middle of the night. And here's what they said. I had a dream. A round loaf of barley bread. Strange dreams. Have you ever had a bad, strange dream? All right, this is a strange dream. <laughs> a loaf of barley bread came tumbling into the Midianite camp. It struck the tent with such force that the tent overturned and collapsed. His friend responded, This can be nothing other than the sword of Gideon, son of Joash the Israelite. God has given the Midianites and the whole camp into his hands. Can you imagine listening into your enemies and them acknowledging their fear and terror of you? When Gideon heard the dream and its interpretation, he bowed down in worship and he returned to the camp of Israel and called out, Get up! The Lord has given the Midianite camp into your hands. <laughs> there's there's a positive confirmation, right? And here's here's the, the key here. Your enemy is scared of you. You think you're scared of your enemy? Your, your enemy is more scared of you. They're terrified of you if, in fact, Jesus, the Son of God, is living in your life. The devil sees that, and those around you see that, and that's why they give you such fits. That's why there's bullying going on is because they see the Spirit of God living in you, and they're acting out of their own fear. Look at some of these scriptures, 1 John 4, 4, and you can jot these down. These are in our weekly reading as well. You, dear friend, are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Wow, that's awesome. James 2.19, you believe that there's no God. Good. Even the demons believe that, and listen to this, and shudder. They're terrified of God, and if God is in you, they're terrified of you. If you're a son or a daughter of God, you've opened your heart to the Lord. You've said, Jesus, come in. I repent of my sins. I'm tired of living this life that I've been living. I want you to come in and live in my life and cover me from this day forward. Let me tell you what, demons are scared of you. <laughs> Spiritual forces are scared of you. 1 John 5, 4, For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Remember, faith is just simply your connection to God. Your faith has overcome the world because you are connected to God. James 4, 7, listen to this one. Submit yourself then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Why will he flee from you? Because he's terrified of you. He's terrified of you. So we read on. A few more thoughts here. I hope we're all doing okay. Divide the 300 men into three companies. He placed, so, excuse me, let me reread re that. Dividing the 300 men into three companies, he placed trumpets and empty jars into the hands of all of them with torches inside. I don't see any mention here of a sword, of a uh, axe, of a shield, just you know, trumpets and empty jars and, uh, and some torches. Verse 17, watch me, he told them, follow my lead. 
When I get to the edge of the camp, do exactly as I do. When I and all who are with me blow our trumpets, then from all around the camp blow yours and shout, For the Lord, for the Lord, and for Gideon. Praise God. You know what? Let me tell you what. Here's where I get from this. God is making a spiritual leader out of you right now. These are leadership words. He divided the men. He placed trumpets and empty jars in their hands. He said, watch me. That's what a leader says. Hey, watch me. Um, Do exactly what I do. And he told them what to say. That's a leader talking. And right now, it's time for you and me, it's time for us to start being spiritual leaders, to lead out. Stop giving excuses, stop looking at your past, stop looking at your failures, and just start leading like God wants you to lead. Where, In fact, I'm curious, where was this weak Gideon of just a few days before? That's crazy. He was a weakling, literally, just a few days before, and now he's leading 300 men against thousands upon thousands upon thousands of enemies. What happened to that weak little Gideon? He turned into a spiritual leader. And it's time for you and me to start doing that. Remember, you stand up before you can be strong. Don't wait to be strong and then stand up. Stand up first, and God will strengthen you when you do that. Hebrews 11.34. So in question, where is this weak Gideon? There's this phrase in Hebrews 11.34. It says, whose weakness was turned to strength. And I love that. Whose drug addiction was turned into major self-control, whose financial out-of-control spending was turned into frugal control spending. All right, your weakness can be turned into your strength. Somebody who's addicted to pornography can become and turned into somebody who's pure in heart and loves the Lord, and their weakness turns into their strength. Someone who wasn't able to keep their marriage together now is able to keep their marriage together. They were weak, now they're strong. All kinds of awesome examples that you can find in this. But it's time for us, listen to this, to start taking charge. All right, take charge of what? Take charge of your situation. Stop being such a victim and start being a victor. All right, take charge of your marriage. Take charge of your family. And I'm not saying in bad ways, okay? I'm not saying to become dominant and domineering and, and, and you know, being some kind of bully. No, no, no. I'm talking about take responsibility for crying out loud, you know? Take, take responsibility for your time. Take responsibility for your money. Listen to this. Take, take control or take responsibility for your feelings and your emotions. You don't have to be on a seesaw of emotions and feelings every day. God wants you to be stable. But it takes you to start standing up and saying, I'm going to take responsibility. I'm going to be a spiritual leader, and I'm going to start telling my feelings what they need to be. I'm going to start lining them up with what I want them to be. Praise God. For 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. He doesn't want you to have a weak mind. He wants you to have a sound mind. Verse 19. Almost, almost done here. Gideon and the 300 men um, with him uh, reached the edge of the camp at the beginning uh, of the middle watch. So they're in the middle of the night. Just after they had changed guard, that's when their enemies had changed guard, they blew their trumpets, broke the jars that were in their hands. 
the 300, so he took his 300 men and broke them into three companies. The three companies blew the trumpets, smashed the jars, grasping the torches in their left hand and holding in their right hands the trumpets um, uh, that they were to blow. They shouted, for the Lord, for the sword of the Lord and for Gideon, for the sword of the Lord. And I don't read, I've already mentioned this, I don't read anywhere here where a single one of them had any weapons on them. <laughs> They had a bunch of jars, torches, and trumpets. And so whose sword were they using? It says, for the sword of the Lord. Wow. They came weaponless, but in a a sense, they came full of weapons because strong men, strong, uh, spiritually strong men and women do not use conventional weapons. Spiritually strong men and women do not use conventional weapons. You know, uh, when you trust the Lord, you don't argue with your spouse, you pray for them, right? When, when you're in a job situation where your boss is coming against you, uh, you're not going to file an HR report or start tracking all your emails and try to protect yourself. You're going to let God defend you, right? This is what we do. When a neighbor is getting on your nerves... You trust the Lord, right? Amen. So spiritually strong men and women do not use conventional weapons. Take up your Bible that's the sword of the Spirit and begin to declare the Word of God over your situation, over your life, over your health, over your family. You don't use conventional weapons. You use spiritually power-empowered weapons. Pray to God in the Spirit, all right? Uh, declare the word of God over your situation. Listen to this. Believe God's promises about your life and about what he's going to do for you. Believe him. Stop, stop disbelieving God and start believing God. What is there to lose? There's everything to gain, actually. But here in verse 21, as we finish up here, while each man held his position of these 300 men, they each held their position around the camp all the Midianites ran, crying out as they fled. And this is the last thought that I want to pass on to you. Don't back down in battle. Stand by your convictions, the convictions that God has given you. Stand by them. Don't, don't start watering down your convictions. When the battle grows hard and tough and strong, you, you, you stand your ground. And we talked about that in, I believe it was Ephesians 6, stand your ground. And that's what God wants us to do. So these have been some wonderful thoughts that came from my own personal devotions that have just blessed me enormously. And I hope they've been a blessing to you. Hey, I hope this podcast has been a help to you, an inspiration to you, um, learning from Gideon how to be a stronger person. Listen, I want to pray with you really quick that God would just strengthen you and encourage you. Lord, I pray for my friend right now that's listening. I pray that you would help them. I pray that you would build them up in their lives, Lord God, um, that they would walk in your confidence, in your strength, and in your courage, oh Lord Jesus. I thank you, God, because you've heard this prayer, and I know that you're going to answer it, Lord. In your name I pray, amen. Hey, just as uh, something for you to practice this week, in terms, see, we, we, we can't be strong just by ourselves. We have to exercise strength in order to get stronger. 
But uh, there's a reading list on our website, lifeworthlivingchurch.org. If you go under the sermons tab, you'll be able to pull up the notes. But the very first page of the notes is uh, a daily reading list for you to follow along and, and get stronger. So be sure to look for the message called How Gideon Became a Strong Person, Part 4. And you can read Monday through Friday. And that way you can grow stronger. God bless you.